Welcome to Mulready Minutes with Oklahoma Insurance Commissioner Glenn Mulready. This is a podcast about insurance for insurance folks, risk managers, and business leaders. We'll dive deep and look at what is and isn't working, talk to leaders in the industry, and keep you informed on what's happening in Oklahoma and around the country. Welcome to another Mulready Minutes, a fun segment, timely segment. Uh, today with uh, open enrollment, and we will actually have two different guests uh, uh, switching out here today, uh, one to cover uh, the individual uh, marketplace and then another to cover Medicare. Uh, both of them were in the middle of an open enrollment uh, time. So our special guest today, we're pleased to have Song Kong with us, uh, and I want to read his bio because uh, it, it's impressive. Uh, he's born and raised in Tulsa. Yay, Tulsa. <laughs> uh, comes from a family deeply rooted in martial arts. His family runs Kong's Taekwondo, one of the country's oldest martial arts school, celebrating its 50th year. He's no stranger to success. Former Olymp- Oklahoma State and U.S. national champion and even won a silver medal at the 1989 U.S. Olympic Festival in Oklahoma City. After training with elite athletes at the U.S. Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, he returned to Tulsa and opened his Taekwondo school. There, he inspired countless students to be their best, nurturing their minds, bodies, and spirits. Uh, he's an executive sales leader in health markets in Oklahoma City, where he leads a team of 60 agents at uh, OKC Health Markets Group, licensed insurance agent um, specializing in the healthcare space. So we're thrilled to have you here. I was just joking with him that if a fight breaks out, I'm out of here. So uh, <laughs> good to be here. Yeah, good. Glad <laughs> glad you could be with us. So it is uh, open enrollment time. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about the individual uh, enrollment here, and um, I, I guess you can't really talk about that without talking about the ACA back right. in 2010. Mm-hmm. What was that March 23rd? I believe it was signed. Uh, went into effect. Big change for our country, big change for folks. But what have been some of the implications of the Affordable Care Act when it comes to individuals? So uh, the Affordable Care Act basically covers all pre-existing conditions. Um, <clears throat> you can, based on your household income, qualify for a reduction in premiums to lower your cost for the health insurance. And um, there's one time a year where you can enroll, which is now between November 1st and January 15th. And uh, people can go on there. If you don't have coverage, you can obtain coverage or you can review what you have to make changes for next year. Yeah, that's the significance of the open enrollment time is right uh, because that closes. When does that door close Correct. for folks? So if you want your coverage to start on January 1st, you need to get your application sent in by December 15th. Now, there has been an extension to January 15th. So if you apply between December 16th and January 15th, it'll start on February 1st. Got it. So you still can sign up, but it's not going to be for January 1st effective date. That's correct. That without that uh, short, uh, uh, that window. Right, right. Okay. Uh, and it started uh, November 1st. November 1st. And we are what? We're on November 8th today. November Is that 9th. our date? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. And so, um, Sung, when I, when I campaigned for office originally five years ago, I talked a lot about choices for Oklahomans. Mm-hmm. And at that time, when I, when I, uh, was elected, we had one health insurance company offered to individuals. Right, right. Uh, this next year, we'll have seven. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I happen to think that's a good thing. Yeah. Competitive free market, nobody's competing against each other. Tell us about what those options, how they might vary, and what sure, that looks sure. like. Sure. Okay. So um, there's going to be um, 
Uh, it depends on your county, depends on where you live. Um, also, some carriers have a large network and some don't. Some have a narrower network. The larger network carriers are generally a little bit more expensive. Um, there's more access. Uh, some plans have co-pays, some plans don't. Uh, the biggest difference is in the network of doctors and hospitals. Um, and so the narrower network carriers generally are a little bit less expensive. Um, and then some have mental health benefits, uh, like a, with a cheap copay, um, but they're all required to follow the, um, what's mandated by the ACA, which is all the 10 essential health benefits must be covered, hospitalization, prescription drugs, maternity, mental health and substance abuse, and a few other things, and then all pre-existing conditions are covered. Yeah. So um, I think that's an important point you made. When you talk about uh, networks, we're talking about doctors and hospitals that are available to folks to use in-network. Correct. Often there's out-of-network benefits, but we're talking in-network to also, maximize your benefits. Also, there's PPOs and HMOs. So if you understand an HMO, you cannot go out of network and have things covered unless it's an emergency. Uh, PPO, you have the flexibility to go in or out of network. So if you like that option, some plans also offer coverage outside of the state, but it really depends on the carrier. Yeah. And and to your point that you, I think, started with, it depends on where you live uh, county-wise because we have one health plan that is statewide, but that's it. Everybody else right. is in sort of pockets of counties. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. typically... Those are hovering around the urban areas, uh, right, Oklahoma City right, and Tulsa. Right. Generally, the Oklahoma City, Tulsa, the metro areas, um, the tax credits are not as good, not as rich. So what that means is, is if you live outside of that area, generally further away, you're going to get a better tax credit, Means meaning for the same income, you can get more subsidies uh, making your cost lower as opposed to living in Tulsa or Oklahoma City. So let's let's talk about that. You mm -hmm. mentioned that uh, early on too about uh, subsidies and, mm -hmm. and tax credits. Um, number one, I guess the question would be, how do folks find out about that? And number two, go into a little bit more depth about the subsidies. And sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So what you want to look at is your modified adjusted gross income for your entire household. So even if you have a family of five and two people are getting insurance, it's whoever's on your taxes. Okay. So if three kids are on Medicaid, even though they're not getting insurance, if they're on your taxes, you still include them as a part of your tax household. Um, and then if you don't know, if you're not sure, don't figure it out by yourself, consult a CPA or uh, some kind of a tax professional. And really what you're wanting to do is you're wanting to estimate what you think your income is going to be for the current year you have the insurance. Okay. Generally, people look at the last year's tax return, but we want to know if you're applying for coverage in 2024, you want to estimate for that whole year what you think you're going to make. Self-employed people. Forecasting. Correct. Self-employed people, right? You know, have itemized deductions and write-offs. You want to make sure you do that correctly because let's say you put 60000 income on your application. When you file your taxes the next year, if it comes out to be $90,000, you are going to back pay some of that credit out of your taxes. And that's where a lot of people that shop online by themselves, they don't fully understand that, right? So they go on there and say, oh, I'll get to just get a discount for right now and, and pay less now. And they file their taxes. It's all connected to the IRS and the government. So how they find out is when you file your taxes. So we want to make doubly sure that you do it correctly. And usually you want to have some somebody that knows what they're talking about to guide you through the process, somebody you trust and uh, can make sure you're filling everything out correctly. Yeah. And so that's a great segue to ask about uh, insurance agents and, and their role. You, you mentioned going online. You mentioned using a, an agent. Um, what are we recommending to folks and what kind of service is provided by those uh, licensed producers? As we call so them producers don't usually charge a fee. They're not really supposed to. And as far as um, the guidance, um, you know, we want to work with somebody that represents generally more than one company. 
and uh, they take take you through a needs analysis and a process. They get to know you as good as possible. Um, they do some fact finding, and then they're going to narrow down the choices out of literally the hundreds of plans that are out there. Want to make sure we kind of narrow it down based on your doctors, your prescriptions, your budget, your needs. Sometimes there's complementary products that can help with the out of pocket as well. And we want to make sure that those correct things are in place. Um, <clears throat> you want to talk to somebody that you feel good talking to. You want to go with your gut. If you talk to somebody over the phone and you feel like it's not a good idea, or maybe they're trying to get you to buy too quickly. <clears throat> You want to hang up the phone and try to find somebody else. Generally, a local resource, somebody that you can go visit face-to-face -face at mm -hmm. their office is going to be the best bet. Okay, yeah. And I think the other added advantage uh, with using a, an agent, a local agent, uh, is that in the event of a problem, whether that's right. a billing problem, whether that's a claim problem, you have someone else to help, uh, help that guide you through that. What happens is people call an 800 number on a postcard or the TV or they search on the internet. And if you talk to somebody in a call center, like a telemarketer, they're not properly trained. And once you hang up that phone and they sign you up, it's a high likelihood that you will never talk to them again. So having somebody local that you can go to besides calling the insurance carrier, uh, you can have that person to advocate on your behalf to help you through issues because issues do come up. It's the medical system, right? There's all kinds of funny things that happen. So billing issues, ID cards, payments, and all that kind of stuff. That's what we help you with. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> not, not to make light of it, but you know, with life insurance, there's one claim <laughs> health insurance. You can have multiple, multiple claims Absolutely. and potential issues. Absolutely. And I'll take this time too to plug our services at the insurance market. We have our consumer assistance area. So if folks are frustrated with a claim, they think something's been denied that shouldn't be denied. They've worked with their agent, still frustrated. Uh, that's when we can, uh, they go to our website, file a complaint. There's a little box to click on our first page and uh, we'll, our folks, know the laws, they know those contracts, and we'll hold the company's feet to the fire uh, with our consumer assistance area. We handle about 15,000 calls a year in that area. So, And then let me make one other plug here as we wrap up, Song, and that is um, talking about open enrollment. I, I can't help but think about all those folks that are rolling off of Medicaid. So in April, our public health emergency, national public health emergency ended. And so we in Oklahoma had about 320,000 folks that were rolling off or becoming ineligible for Medicaid. And so redetermining that for them, most of those folks should qualify for a very strong subsidy and tax credit. Unfortunately, many of those folks are not going and enrolling, uh, and they really could have coverage for a very, very inexpensive amount per month. And so we highly encourage, if anyone knows anyone coming off Medicaid, go to the marketplace, talk to agents like Sung here, and get yourself enrolled in some health insurance. So Absolutely. Anything else we need to add? Or um, There's just one of? other thing. So uh, CMS rolled out something new called the ACA Consumer Consent, and we are required to record in writing through, like, let's say an email that you gave that agent consent to help you with their application on the marketplace. That's required of every single agent. So if somebody talks to you and they're not doing that, they're not doing the everything by the book. So make sure you're careful about that. Yeah, that was in response to some some fraud that was happening out there. That Correct. CMS is trying Correct. to Correct. nip that in the bud. So. Right. Well, great to have you with us. I know it's a busy time for you, as we just talked about. So we're going to let you go. And we appreciate you coming on Okay. Uh, walking us through that. Thank you, Commissioner. Okay, welcome to uh, part B of our two-part uh, series here during the open enrollment time. Uh, we just had our guest, Song Kong, on uh, talking about the individual marketplace. But, uh, Ray, in your space, we've, we're going to talk about Medicare and the yes, open time that's going on. So quickly uh, about Ray Walker. He's the Divisional Director for the Medicare Assistance Program 
at the um, Oklahoma Insurance Department with over two decades of experience in the healthcare insurance industry. Uh, he's a seasoned expert in the field. Uh, Mr. Walker's commitment to enhancing healthcare access and understanding is exemplified by his role in the advisory committee to the State Council on Aging, his recent completion of his second term on the Ship Steering Committee, where he served as the vice chair. He has also been an integral part of the leadership council for the MIPPA grant program, raised dedicated to helping individuals navigate the intricacies of Medicare and is a valuable resource for those uh, both in his local community and the broader healthcare landscape. So, Ray, that's impressive. We appreciate all that you do um, for the folks out there, and your team does, actually, yes, uh, just up the street at the insurance department. So thank you for that, first of all. So uh, we're today, in this segment, we're talking about open enrollment. Mm-hmm. Medicare open enrollment. Tell us what that's about. Medicare open enrollment happens every year from October 15th through December 7th. And this is a big time of year for all the Medicare beneficiaries, whether they're on a Part D drug plan, whether they're on a retirement plan, because we really try to emphasize this is the time of year to review your coverage. What is giving you health coverage right now, whether that's just your plain old straight Medicare Part A and Part B, or do you have a retiree plan? Maybe you've got TRICARE. You want to evaluate it because the option may be out there that's going to save you some significant money for the coming year, whether you're talking about drug coverage or health coverage. Okay. So um, Medigap, what is Medigap? Okay. Good thing you brought that up because Medigap is actually not tied to this particular open enrollment period, but it's a really good way for people to get some additional coverage with their traditional Medicare, that part A and B. And as of this year, there's a new rule that was put into place September 1st, as you well know, that is going to allow those people that have a Medigap policy to possibly make a change to a policy of equal or lesser benefits in the coming years. So it's going to open up some opportunities for people to make changes with their Medicare supplement policy, where in the past, they couldn't do that necessarily if they had some some ongoing health issues or maybe their health had deteriorated. Their only option would be to possibly drop their Medicare supplement policy and go with a Medicare Advantage plan. And some people didn't want to do that. So yeah. we've got a great opportunity there that's coming up. And uh, that the new rule, if you'd like to know more about that, it's uh, they're going to have from uh, 60 days from their birthday each year, during which they can shop for a Medicare supplement policy with their existing carrier or a different carrier uh, for a 60-day period. And so, you know, we've got people that have got Medicare supplement policies where they're paying premiums in excess of $300 and $400 a month. So we're hoping that people we're going are going to learn about this and then take advantage of that to bring those costs down because that difference in cost is a huge amount on, to, for someone on a fixed, fixed income. income. Yeah. You, you make a couple of great points there that I just want to hone in on, Ray. N- number one, Medigap or Medicare supplement policies. Mm-hmm. You'll hear, hear those two different terms. Uh, it really is just that as a supplement to your Medicare coverage. And um, previous to this rule change, which is an Oklahoma rule change, I should clarify yes, that, uh, not a national change. That's an Oklahoma rule that was just recently changed. But those folks that were in Medicare supplement policies, they really were the only folks out there that did not have an open enrollment period. That's correct. Right? I mean, they, they were with their choice that they made, period, unless they were quite healthy and could get through an underwriting process. Yes, so that sir. really allows for an open enrollment for each person. Uh, it, each year triggered by their birthday. So it's going to help them to save money uh, consistently on a regular basis. They won't feel trapped anymore like they have in the past. Now, those same people we're talking about need to make sure 
that they've got a Part D prescription drug plan, and that's the other big component of this open enrollment period. There's 22 different plans that are out there for this year, for the coming year. Uh, the drug that they cover are different. The copays, the premiums for those plans, our cheapest plan for the coming year, I believe, is $6.30. The most expensive one is over $100. What's different about each of those plans is the drugs that they cover. So it's very important that people take the time to review their current drug coverage and look at what drugs they're taking. We don't want someone just to go, ooh, I'm going to go with that $6.30 plan because it's the cheapest. All it takes is for one of their prescription medications to not be on the formulary, and there goes all that savings. So they need to sit down. Our counselors are uh, happy to do that with them over the phone or in person. And we'll look at the drugs that they take. We'll look at the pharmacies they want to go to because, you know, Oklahoma is a rural state. We've got a lot of people who live in communities where there may only be one pharmacy. We want to make sure they're able to go to the pharmacy they choose to go to to get their prescriptions filled. And so when you mentioned 22 plans, that's 22 Part D plans. So yes, sir. Plans, correct? Yes, sir. Okay, I just want to clarify that. Um and so you also make a great point, and that is specifically within those Part D plans, the details matter. Absolutely. So you really need someone to help you navigate through that and consider numerous options. So with that lead-in <laughs> that I selflessly did there, tell us about the Medicare Assistance Program at the Oklahoma Insurance Department. We're a program at the Oklahoma Insurance Department that – is there to provide support for people who are on Medicare or soon to be on Medicare, as well as their family members and caregivers. We try to educate people about what Medicare is, how Medicare works, what are the different parts of Medicare, and what are their options for getting Medicare coverage. We also do uh, work in educating people on how they can protect themselves from becoming a victim of fraud in the Medicare system. This is a huge problem. It's estimated that Medicare loses $60 billion every year from the Medicare Trust Fund. So we're trying to educate people on how to protect themselves as well as where do they report it? What do they do if they think they've been a victim of fraud? Right now, Oklahoma is in the lead. We've had more cases of COVID-19 test kit fraud reports than any other state. Uh, then our third uh, program that we got, it, you know, we've got three grants, as you said. And the third one we do, we're trying to identify low-income seniors in the community who are having trouble paying for their prescription medications. So if we find someone that meets the income and asset criteria, we can sign them up, and that program will pay their monthly premium for their Part D drug plan, as well as lowering their co-payments. Because we don't want somebody having to make a decision between whether they're going to pay for their prescriptions or their groceries. Right. So... <clears throat> um other scams, I know the, the seniors, as a general rule, are, um, what should I say, more susceptible to scams, and uh, I know that they're always often targets. So. You know, it's interesting because people, uh, it's a big concern of our senior population because they think people are targeting them because they're older and they fall for scams easier. A big part of it is they're going for the deep pockets. Seniors tend to have more money. You know, in our younger years, we're raising kids and paying for college and things like that. So when we get older, um, you know, we tend to have more savings and stuff. So that's what they're after. Plus, also, if they can get into that Medicare pool, the trust fund, that's some really deep pockets. So the scams that we typically see are those that they can get a hold of that person's Medicare uh, number, and then they can start filing those false claims. Mm -hmm. The other one besides the Medicare, the COVID-19 test kits that we're seeing a lot of here in Oklahoma are urinary catheters. 
something that you wouldn't think would normally be happening, but people are reporting that they're seeing on their Medicare summary notice charges for urinary catheters. And these people don't use any of those items. And so we're trying to educate them on the importance of reporting those things. A lot of people look at it and they're like, well, I didn't have to pay anything. So what do I care? Mm -hmm. It's important that they report that because we don't want something to happen, let's say that they've got some condition or they don't have a condition rather, uh, there's a charge on their Medicare summary notice for a part B cancer medication and they don't report that. Now it looks like that person has cancer when they really don't. Mm. What happens if they try to get a life insurance policy? Yeah. Or what happens if they show up at the emergency room unconscious and they're treating that person as if they've got that condition? So. As much as possible, we need people to report those things. Don't be embarrassed by it. Even if it's not fraud, even if we're able to explain the situation to them, it's more important that they reported something that wasn't fraud than they didn't report something that turned out to be fraud. Because chances are, if that person, if that scam was happening to that person, there's multiple other people that are being uh, set up with that same scam. Got it. So. What I heard you say is uh, there is one upside to me aging as I may have more money in my pocket. Is that but, well, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. Hey, um, will Medicare ever call folks at home? I mean, is there some things that Great should be point. concerned about there? One of the key things that we tell people when we're talking about Medicare fraud is people that call you claiming to be from Medicare, Social Security, or other federal agencies are probably scam artists. These agencies are not going to communicate with you by telephone. What they're going to do is they're going to send you things in the mail like they've always done. So if someone calls you and says they're from Medicare, but they need your Medicare number, that's typically a tip that they yeah, don't know who they are. They're already going to have that information. We tell seniors in this day and age, don't answer your phone. You don't, you just shouldn't answer your phone. If it's important, they'll leave a message. Now, if there's an, if you recognize the number, then obviously, you know, if it's your daughter or something like that, but otherwise wait and let them leave that message. If you do answer the phone and you recognize that it's not someone, you know, hang up the phone. We were raised in an era era where you were to be courteous. Mm -hmm. uh, some of us even remember the phone classes where someone from Southwestern Bell would come to your class and teach you how to use the phone and all of that good stuff. Times have changed. Now, just don't answer your phone. Yeah. The other thing we stress with people is you've got to look at all your statements, whether it's your Medicare summary notice, your explanation of benefits. Look for any charges that you don't recognize. Look for anything that is uh, maybe a duplicate of a service you've already received and been billed for. We've got to report those things and get them turned in and get it cleaned up or uh, we again lose all that money. Yeah. So, Ray, as we as we wrap up, um, Hit again, if you would, the key dates and deadlines for us. Okay, for open enrollment, October 15th through December 7th. That's so we got the time month to go. Can, we got another month to go. That's when you can make changes or additions to your Medicare Advantage plan or your Part D prescription drug plan. Then, starting January 1st, is what's called the Medicare Advantage open enrollment period, which goes from January 1st through March 31st. And that's a time period where someone who is already enrolled in a Medicare Advantage plan can maybe move to a different Medicare Advantage plan or drop that plan, go back to traditional Medicare, and pick up a different Part D drug plan. Okay. And you and your team uh, at the Oklahoma Insurance Department are basically providing advice and counseling for folks. Um, tell us or tell the audience here how they would reach out to you. 1-800-763-7000. Uh, 
888-2828 is our phone number. It's free. It's unbiased counseling. We don't get any money from any insurance companies or anything or commissions. We're not agents, so we can't actually enroll you in those products. We provide the counseling. We get people to the point where they know what they want to purchase, and then we direct them to go find an agent that sells that product. Right. Great service, paid for by federal grants. Thanks for what you do. Uh, with that, uh, thanks for joining us. And thank you all for joining us on another Mulready Minute as we got the details on open enrollment time, both for individual health insurance as well as within the Medicare uh, population. We'll see you next time. If you found this episode informative, please subscribe and share with your colleagues. Visit oid.ok.gov podcast. Let us know what topics you would like to hear about on this podcast. Until next time, take care from the Oklahoma Insurance Department.